welcome to part two of the M word. Okay, so I think we've we've spoke about what, so we'll move on to who. So I think we want to like who who are our captive audience is obviously the children we want to teach. So you know that there's people who have children that have limited interests or children who have, um, and I mean limited interests in they only like like four things. You know, and there's varied variations of those four things, um, like self-stimulatory toys or water plays. They're kind of the only things that they will play with. There's also kids who have lots of interests, and even though they have language, not able to use it appropriately. Okay, so I think there's a misconception sometimes about young people who have a lot of communicate, a lot of sorry, a lot mm-hmm. of language, but aren't able to use that language in a functional manner. And this is what I mean, and in the sense that there's a child who can talk to me about loads of stuff, but won't be able to, if I have something, I'm holding something they want, they won't be able to ask me for it. They'll just grab it out of my hand. Um, or there's kids who have loads of language and use it functionally, but aren't able to use it to ask for people's attention. So they have problem behavior in order to get attention. So I think those are the kinds of children we're thinking about in terms of this manding. And yeah. there's obviously a range in between. We're not saying this is the, but from one extreme to the other, I would say. And I think also, who would do we want to hear what we're saying? And I think Carla and I, when we were discussing the topic of this podcast or this this episode, mm-hmm. we were saying, like, what do we do when we feel inspired? And who needs to hear what we have to say? And mm-hmm. I think the people who work in our field who teach the same kinds of mans over and over and over or feel that they've come to a point where they don't know what to teach. Where do I go? What do I do? Yeah. This kid doesn't like anything. I have He only has four mans. He doesn't like anything else. What do I do? I know. I know. Um, Sorry, Carla. No, I was just gonna say, and then when people say they don't like manding, and they, I love manding. Oh, it it's was the literally best. the the best thing to do. I, because you have fun. It, you're meant to have fun in manding. Absolutely, and it's so, so it's such a it's such a, a beautiful thing to see someone being able to use the communication to interact with you as well. And mm-hmm. even if it's in a really primitive form, just to ask you for something, it's quite special to be part of that. And you know, I would rather have kids that have 20 to 30 really good functional solid mans then I would have them having 50 that they don't really use you know I I just think that 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 way around that's what Carla was mentioning you know talking about quality that's the that you rather have quality than quantity that you don't really use yeah exactly and sometimes even less less than that because oh absolutely I'm just you, trying to be you no, know, yeah you know I know I know but I'm just saying that it's um yeah, people, especially where, so we've worked with people where it's all about the quantity and, and I've, I myself as well was trained in to look at the quantity. And I think sometimes when this is a, a not larger debate than, than what we have time for right now, but there's a very big thing on, you know, ABA being about either robots and, you know, and just not thinking about things naturally. And I think, yes, the ABA that, can, there's ABA who can make that, but I think ABA used in what we think it's appropriately can help communication and other skills very naturally. So sometimes people have said, I've had people now, because my way of doing ABA now, I try to do it functionally, naturally, and in the person's life. And if there's no, if it has no function for that person, I don't see the point. And I've had a bit of criticism saying, oh, but he could, why don't we do this, 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 and this? And like, well, because it's not useful for the person. I would rather, like, I had a teenager, that a teenager who 
all his life used a spoon and he was never taught how to ask for a spoon. So when he's eating his lunch, if the spoons are not available, he wasn't able to ask for a spoon. He would just start going at it with his hands. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like to eat with a fork. So he preferred the spoon, but he didn't know how to say or to or to, or to sign spoon. And we, I taught him that at the, when he was 17 or six, no, 16 mm. at the time. And it's just thinking about, okay, so we taught him other stuff, but we didn't teach him the basics. And I think we do need to look at the the child's the child's world first. The sphere, like Lauren and I, like to say a, a lot about the what's in what's in the immediate scope of the child what's the immediate need they have and functionally and then we can expand all like we build layers we build like a building you build the foundation and then you add floors to it instead of wanting to have the ceilings right away <laughs> it's like yeah. oh you can say please oh actually can you just say spoon <laughs> to begin exactly. with exactly <laughs> you know? exactly so now we're going to look at um the why why we teach man and why we're doing you know why this podcast was real is relevant so uh we felt a lot of times we've we've lost inspiration so that's we've mentioned this before that's why we wanted to talk about this uh some we felt that our mans have gone flat or they've gone stale and it's like oh it's the same man same things and sometimes it's just looking at bringing in new resources or new activities because we do want to create communicators you want to help them develop their communication and expand their their interest um and manding is so crucial because it's the basis it's the basis of lot of us of all of us because imagine for a day you can't speak just try for a full day to interact with the people you do every day and don't speak and and then you'll see how important it is to ask for things. Because I can bet that nobody who, well, no, now because it's a pandemic. But if you spend, imagine you go to work and you say to people, oh, my voice is um, is not well. I can't speak. Just go and see how hard it is to to communicate. And I think that's why we think manding is so relevant. Why we thought this podcast was was relevant. It is relevant because without commu- communication method. We will lose it. I can't really blame children that have behavior when they want when they want stuff because I mean I would be frustrated if I'm trying to ask for a cup of tea and I don't know how I can't speak and you know and no one's listening to me. Yeah, so that's and, why, and, yeah. and maybe you can't get those things without other people's help. You know, yeah. you can't even, access even the cupboard, the high up cupboard or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, even more frustrating because then you, it's like, why do I need everyone's help to do everything? I have this boy that he's five, he's five years old. Oh my god, he's so cute! And he goes, Carla, I'm not a baby. I can do it alone. Oh. And well, at least he can say that, which is quite good. Not every child can mm. say that, but it's quite good because he wants to do things by himself. But, um, but yeah, it's it's very important to have communication, and it's very important to keep creating new manding activities even if you take an old one and we you update it a little bit because just sometimes a few changes can change can change your you know modify your perspective on the activity and make it a bit more exciting i like with water play or messy play i like to add everything under the moon i will put toys in it i'll put glitter fake eyes i just i will go bananas on it just 
it's just something different, something they're like, ooh, this is new. Um, and also think about when you can do the, these. Uh, and there are two occasions. You can either contrive the situation, so you create the opportunity, or in a spontaneous setting. So it's just, for example, sometimes you're walking, you're going to supermarket, and the child wants, you know, wants a toy. And if you can give it to them, you say, oh, say, I would like this or, you know, whatever, the, or just say toy depends on the child. So there's two situations. Um, but we would say if you're new to manding or if you're struggling with manding, do more contrived situations first, because it's when it's planned out, it's easier to teach manding more effectively if you plan. Yeah. Isn't it? If you have all the resources ready, you know what kind of things you want them to do, because then when you're practiced, you can just do it spontaneously in the environment. Because it, it happened, like, for example, when you're doing um, missing items, for example, we won't go into targets too much, but if you're trying to get the child to ask for the paintbrushes, you would hide them first. So they understand, oh, there's no paintbrushes, they say paintbrush. Whereas if you if you don't have that practice and you just try to do it in a moment, and then you didn't hide the paintbrush and they see it. So it, it's it's you're not teaching them how to look for things that are missing. Mm. So it's thinking about can can you do it spontaneously in an effective way? And if you can't practice, practice, practice in contrived situations and then start to move on to being a bit more spontaneous because we do want spontaneous situations. But if we're teaching realistically, sometimes it's better to plan. Well, I always think it's better to plan. I don't know why I'm saying that. I think it's always better to plan. Yes, yeah, always. And, and also, like, let's just imagine the same, the paintbrush one, or the child asks for a paintbrush and then you can't find the paintbrushes, you know, so then the motivation, they lose motivation for the painting activity. It's yeah. even worse. So, yes, yeah. plan, have your stuff ready, be yeah. ready. And also, like, you know, as much as they are learning to request, you're learning to teach them to request. Yeah. So we're both on this path together. And as we've spoken about with teachers, if you have a teacher that's not very skilled, you're not going to learn very much. Okay? No, exactly. So the more skilled you become, the more effective your teaching becomes, the better the outset is or the, uh, the outcome is for that person. So that's why it's not only about teaching them to request, it's about you getting really, really, really solid at being able to teach children to be able to ask for things or to mand. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just what I want yeah and and a bit of balance i need i mean like if, if we go full on with any <laughs> skill it's quite tiresome so sometimes what happens is we teach people to do manding etc and then people are focused on doing man 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 and sometimes you need to give some things for free so if especially if a child's not using because how annoyed would you be if someone's teaching you to ask for something, but then you need to ask for every single thing in your life and you can't reach anything when you can have the ability to reach it on your own. So mm. I, you know, so sometimes ease into it. And we, well, I like to do this analogy where if you haven't exercised for a while, you start off with maybe uh, running a bit or walking. You don't go straight into the marathon, which never in my life. I know people say never say never, but yeah, trust me now. Yeah. No, 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 no. And yeah, it, it's that thing of I would be super annoyed if I'm able to reach for a cup, but then someone grabs my hand and goes, uh-uh, say cup. And I'm like, what the hell? I can I can just get my own cup. It's within my reach. 
Um, and I'm gl guilty of doing that with children. I am. And I've had to learn in the last few years to be like, you know what? This is joint playing. And I have some resources. If the child reaches, they've reached because they're used to having their toys. But I'm trying to, to have them in a way where they have to ask me. But if they actually, you know, get them. Because, you know, if it's their toys. And if they're used to playing with them, why should I be the one to say, no, no, no. Now you need to. Like, it makes more sense for them to. For example, if I'm using the roller and the child says, roller. I said, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you can use it. I've finished. Instead of they they take it and then you take it away from their hand and like say roller and then <laughs> yeah it can become a little bit like yeah dare I say it demanding on the kid yeah um, but yeah we've got to think as Carla's just spoken about is that we've got to ease them into it because if they're not used to asking for things it's exactly the same as you just described you've got to do the tiniest step and then be like okay and then you build up the steps like running the marathon we'd start off doing a tiny bit and then we would run more and then we would run more so you've got to build up the skill base your sort of like strength in requesting and as the same as your strength in running it's exactly the same concept yeah. isn't it exactly poor children <laughs> you know um so i think yeah i think you know we and it comes to a point where we think how are we going to do this? so we've got okay, great so we know what we want to do we know how we know why we want to do it. We know when we're going to do it. Now, how are we going to do it? And as Carla mentioned before, we're not going to go through the different levels of how we would teach, but we're going to talk about, you know, I always think that it's important to think about how I would use communication so that it's more natural and, and observe other people and how they communicate and, and other children. Um, because I think we get stuck in our ABA stuff and we get so bogged down with how we break things down that we actually can make it a little bit um, unnatural because we're so worried about getting in the right man at the right time and whatever that sometimes we get kids who request quite awkwardly because we've broken everything down in tiny, tiny steps. And I know that we say break everything down in tiny, tiny steps, but I think in this manner, we've got to think that communication is quite fluid and it's quite... Um, uh, how do I put it? It It is quite natural and it does come in motivation as present. So let's not get too hung up about always encouraging children to say things. You know, like Carla was saying, like every time they need a cup, they have to ask for a cup. You know, sometimes you would just pass them on a cup, you know, if they, if they gesture towards it. I know I've definitely done that with, with <laughs> my parents. Um, so, you know, and I, I think um, we, do, we want to make things as natural as possible. And we understand that children with ASD do become rigid and can be, can be quite robotic with things. But we do want to try as much as we can to introduce natural ways of speaking um, because we want the young people to be able to communicate with others other than just the ABA community. We want them to be able to communicate with other children and their parents in a very natural manner. Um, and I think... You know, you can think about it also, like, let's think about in terms of nouns and verbs and adjectives, and that's really, really important. Um, but also appropriate carrier phrases, if, and a huge if, as Carla was saying earlier, if the foundation of the house is really solid or the foundation of language is really solid. I have taught carrier phrases too early to children, and it's, I've had to unpick all their language because they mm. say things like, can I have sit down or can I have go toilet now? Okay, so... Oh, pass me toilet now. Okay, so it, it becomes really awkward because the, 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 the young person that I taught didn't have the right foundation yet. And yeah, 
so I would just say that it has to have a really good foundation of language and understanding how to use language um, naturally, as naturally as possible before I would start introducing things. I'd much rather a kid say, toilet please, or toilet now, or toilet, go toilet, than anything else, okay? Because that's that contains all the information I need to hear in order to communicate effectively from what they want. Um, and then, you know, we spoke about pairing earlier, but it is paramount. If you have a kid who doesn't like things, start with pairing. <laughs> you have to start somewhere and starting to associate things that they like, they already like with new things is probably your best bet. So pairing is really, 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 really important. Um, and there's nothing sadder than when you come to a 17 year old who likes three things. Okay. And I'm not saying that I haven't worked with children that are like that, but it's not without us having a good go at trying to pair new things for at least like forever they were in school or forever I was on their program. I would try my best to get them to like new things because it's so important that we have varied interests. And, you know, children that um, have limited interests, and I say this quite um, hesitantly, um, sometimes might engage in more sensory behavior because they don't know how to engage with other things. Yeah, so they tend I agree. to so they tend to self stimulate more than children that are able to occupy and engage with other toys and other people. Um, not always, but I would say it's pretty common. Um, do you want to add anything there, Carla? I, I was just going to say I completely agree. I've noticed that because the self stimulatory behavior it's a way of reinforcing themselves. It's like I'm bored, and we do that. Main oh yeah. Or near, I I'm you know what? If I don't have anything else, if I Sometimes when I'm on phone call, I'm scribbling to mm. keep my hands busy. Um, so it's just taking whatever behavior you do and just increase it to a, to a thousand. That's, I think, how, some, how sometimes an autistic person might feel. That's mm. how I try to think about, like, if it feels like this to me, increase it times a hundred and think how that other person might feel. Um, yeah. And sometimes you have to repeat activities. You know, I always try to get kids to go to arts because it's a thing I love. But of course, not every it doesn't always work. So I change gears and I try physical, but whatever. Um, and I have this boy that really doesn't like art, but he likes physical play and he likes pretend play. And he had all these toys and games that throughout the years of ABA, people have said, buy this, buy that. But he really doesn't. He's not mm. that into them. He likes Lego and um, Playmobil, which is fine. So what I did with the mom is we just did a declutter, as I love, and we got rid of, we got, well, we gave to charity or to neighbors toys that he never plays with. And it's, the room was so much clearer. And then we can actually have a bit more space to do, because even if you just take a book bookshelf full of toys, if you make it, if you decrease it, it feels, it's like the air feels nicer. So, because you know what? We don't have all those things looking at us being like, oh, you're not playing with us. But he doesn't, he didn't like them. So, you know, and sometimes save yourself the money. Sometimes there's a very cheap way of doing things. I, I like to go to, to, to shopping centers and I go to the science experiment things. And I take pictures at the back of the materials and then I get my, I, may, I got, I get my own materials because it's cheaper. But that's yeah. what I, I like about and it. And also, yeah, you've got to be resourceful. I mean, yeah. I remember, I remember I was on a, on a, I think on a school trip with this boy and I think the thing that he liked playing was broke or wasn't working, whatever. And I was like, well, what are we going to do now? You know? And that's when you start to realize like you have a voice, you can sing, you have hands, you can clap, you have a body, you can dance, you have 
you know, uh, you can do you can do hand games, you can do running, you can do skipping, you can do jumping. There's so much more you can do that doesn't have to be a, a toy. Yeah. Or something that you can deliver to a child. And I promise you, the people that have been in that situation develop a really whole new skill set of how to entertain a child who is not happy in the environment they're in or are unoccupied or bored. And you use yourself. You have you have a whole skill set that you can do. And uh, by the end of the day, I was absolutely shattered. But he was engaged and he was happy. And then I started to realize that we don't need to carry around stuff to entertain them all the time. You know, like, yes, we do need backups. But ultimately, if things go wrong, we we can still make it work. Yeah, can and we motivate are resourceful. Them, yeah. yeah. And you, you learn something new because you're like, oh, well, I didn't know that was going to work, but it did. You know, and I think also, you know, motivation is so important. I think, you know, we talk about motivation a lot and make things fun and interesting. As Carla was saying earlier, like if you enjoy something, if you genuinely enjoy something and you're able to invest that in activity, you will find so much more out of the out of the child and your and and the activity because you're actually immersed in it and enjoying it. Um, And if the child is motivated, then they're willing to be there anyway. So just go for it. Um, I think sometimes we feel a bit funny about being silly. You know, it's a bit embarrassing to be silly and whatever. And actually, the more you put yourself, your heart into it, the more the, the young people will enjoy it. And also, just to, just to touch on perseverance, I think Carter spoke about it too. Don't be afraid to keep trying activities. I think, you know, sometimes the young people we work with and can be very disinterested in the things that we plan for them. And we've spent a lot of time planning for them. And we go, oh, I feel so rubbish about that. They didn't even like it. I would try that at least another five or six times before I really give up on it. Yeah, <laughs> so, I agree. You know, it's so important to to not give up at the first sign of failure or not failure, but things not turning out how you thought they would. Yeah. Um, I've tried activities that I didn't think was going to work and they went amazingly. I've tried activities that I didn't think would work that didn't work, but I tried them because I was like, well, let's give it a shot. At least I know it doesn't work now. You know, yeah, and, and we feed off everyone feeds off each other's energy. And like Lauren and I are big, big cinema people, and um, <laughs> to, to an extreme, um, yes. <laughs> and I think, and I think it's because we we do feed off each other's energy. And when one of us is enjoying it, the other one will enjoy it even more. And you know, um, well, I'll tell you this story. Well, I we can edit it out maybe, but um, but I'll just say <laughs> the story where we're watching what's it called, The Greatest Showman. <laughs> Oh my days! <laughs> and there's the part where the the girl, the protagonist, the Michelle Williams character, goes, um, goes to him, and he, Hugh Jackman goes, make a wish, and Lauren just whispers to me, a meal. <laughs> I just, I just, She's definitely thin in that film. Like, oh my days! But, but horrendously we thin. We were laughing a lot. <laughs> Bless Michelle Williams, but we were bl- laughing a lot, and then. The girls behind us were laughing a lot as well. Not our joke, but just, you know, in the situation. Us and the girls behind us, we were laughing so much because there were so many scenes that for us were a bit cringe. We were yeah. having the best time, but apologies <laughs> to the gentleman in front of us. That when he stood up, he gave us the most angriest look. Yeah. So we, like, honestly, I used to be the person that loved musicals, but now I look at them and I feel really cringed. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes they can be done well, and sometimes yeah. it's just a bit awkward. I think also yeah. if you know the actors beforehand, whereas I think the musicals we used to when we were kids, we didn't know them as other people. I know, I know. Dawson's Greek and Bulgarian. Exactly. 
so like it didn't feel like it felt like they, they were you know they they're new to you they are this character that they see yeah. the singing character and now that we know like we know Zac Efron and you know who Jackman are when they start singing you're like oh it's a bit awkward <laughs> yeah at least Zac Efron oh. started off in the high school no actually yeah. he started off in the CSI was did he oh yeah we saw that he episode. did, oh, he did, he did. <laughs> um but but all to say that Everyone feeds off each other's energy. We do. It's it's a thing, and uh, you know, bad moods will will yeah. you know spread, yeah. and good energy will spread. And I I think it's always you know I like the thing of killing them with kindness because yeah. you know what? Try, sometimes it's not it's not possible, but try to. It's always trying to be as positive as you can. And I know it's not easy for some people, but especially when you're teaching children, they do enjoy the the, the energy. Children, yeah. I think, are very perceptive. At telling if you're in a good mood or not, yeah. and if you're enjoying something or not. Uh, so it's quite important to try to keep that yeah. rapport going. And I remember, and I don't, know, I don't know if you were in the class still then. I don't know, Carl, if you'd moved on, but we had um mm. we had a tutor in the class who was just like some people. I mean, he had a lot of energy, and he was so upbeat that actually, whenever he was around, the energy in the room was lifted. So even when you're having a rubbish day and you're feeling it, he would come in with his student. And they'd be dancing around the room. And I remember at that time thinking, I'm so glad that that tutor's in my class and part of my team because every day you pick up the energy and pick up the like the the mood in the room and everyone would feel more energized and are happy talking, when he was there. Are you talking about Johnny Bravo? No. <laughs> no, I think it was before your time. Um, Potentially. Um, but just so, just, and, and I remember being like, you know, some people found this person a bit a bit much, but actually I I was so grateful for him every day. I remember being like, oh, it's been a really rubbish day, but, you know, he was just like buzzing around the room and singing. And I was like, oh, this is so great, you know, and, the, you should, and his, which is better. His student absolutely loved it. <laughs> you, you should you should send this this podcast to the, to Johnny Bravo just so he can hear us mention it because it's not his real name, but he got really when we said Johnny oh, shame. Bravo. <laughs> He's also a truly wonderful human. He is. If you're yes. listening, Johnny, you are amazing. <laughs> we love you. Um, yeah. Oh, my. Shout out to Johnny Bravo. Yes. So to finish off, uh, we have some. Uh, art some books and some article suggestions for you guys so for ideas and this is a book I found so another I, trick I do and if you don't know this take note I like to go to bookshops uh, and I look at all the books that I like I either take a picture or write down the title and then I go to the website called www.abebooks dot uh, com or dot co dot uk depending on the country there's a german one etc and they have used books they are cheaper like when i say cheaper much cheaper because they're used much cheaper than amazon for sure so there's this uh, collection with different authors that's called 50 fantastic ideas for and then they have different titles there's 50 fantastic ideas for seasons or 50 fantastic ideas for treasure hunts or 50 fantastic ideas for paper or cardboard or water play. It's a very good collection, honestly, top notch. And they have lots of, you know, they have pictures of children doing stuff. They have the material list. They have the, you know, suggest I've used it when I'm teaching, when I used to teach my groups. And it's honestly, it's a very good idea source. You can, I'm sure you can look it up on the internet, but I do like having things as well on my fingertips sometimes. I like to have 
I do like a book. Uh, and sometimes the internet goes down. What are we going to do? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know? So And also for articles, there's this website that I, I quite like. I think, Lauren, you've read it as well, the uh, Busy Analytical Bee. Yeah, it's great, great. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, so, and there's, I found two articles of theirs about manding. There's one in January uh, 2020, so this year. Uh, so if you go on the website and you go articles or uh, previous editions and you have all the PDFs, the girl is very good at writing them out. And it's more about uh, natural teaching, but she does mention manding during the article. And then there's one article from March 2015, uh, which is much more mand-oriented. It can be a bit wordy because that one was quite lengthy, but it's still a very good read. So it is she, uh, this girl writes about this woman, sorry, writes about, um, you know, what what things are, definitions, targets, assessment manuals. She also, you know, tells you about workshops happening and news and ABA. And she, it's it's a very good read. I quite like it. So those are our suggestions for today. Fab, thank you. And also, don't, please don't, um, um, please um, please don't. Please contact us if you have any questions or query, queries. Um, it's aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. And of course, visit our website. That's www.abaowls.com. Um, and, you know, we have some resources on there. There's some stuff about us. There's stuff about you can listen to our podcast there. Um, also, our next workshop um, is the 19th of May, and we're going to be talking about increasing appropriate behaviors. There's some more information on the website about the workshops. Um, and I've, we're not sure whether these will be in person or online because we're not sure what's happening with um the world and lockdowns and such things. Um, but also, I'll, just to mention that our next podcast will be um, coming up. And um, the first Monday of every month, we're going to try and upload a new podcast. Um, so that it'll be the first of June, but we'll see also if more people are listening, we can post more often. So if you guys email us or that if you say, oh, we'd like to hear about this topic, Carl and I are more than happy to um, discuss things and um, talk about different topics. You know, we're very free to talk about loads of different things we're happy to answer questions and queries so please do contact us visit the website and listen to our podcast please chirping with abls and um you know goodbye and thank you so much for listening thank you bye bye